Welcome to Committing Faith in Public. I am delighted to record this session at the Woody Guthrie Center in Tulsa. The center contains over 10,000 items in its permanent collection related to Oklahoma native son Woody Guthrie and the music he created and inspired others to create. The particular occasion for my visit is to talk about a special exhibit, Songs of Conscience, Songs of Freedom. Some of the exhibit comes from specifically religious contexts, such as Negro spirituals, and some songs from the civil rights movement and anti-war protests. But the entire exhibit features artists and works meant to inspire a more just, hospitable, and livable nation for everyone. Thus, the purpose of committing faith in public resonates with the purpose of the exhibit. This traveling exhibit with special editions related to Tulsa is open until October 11th. Here to guide our talking walk through the uh, exhibit is the executive director of the Woody Guthrie Center, Dina McLeod. Dina, thank you for your time and for giving us a special tour today. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're going to walk around the room and visit particular areas of the exhibit in a moment. There's way too much to cover in <laughs> 30 minutes or so. The room dedicated to the exhibit is absolutely packed with memorabilia and descriptions and recordings, starting with songs from the Revolutionary War. Segments feature the Civil War, the fight for labor rights, war protests, racial justice, gender and sexual equity and equality, going up through contemporary efforts to address state-sponsored violence and the need for racial reckoning. The exhibit includes a tremendous number of artifacts and information in a relatively small space. So it must have been a real interesting challenge <laughs> to put this together. And Dina, I'd ask you to orient us a bit. Tell us how this special collection came about. So this is actually a Grammy Museum exhibit that is debuting with us. And the reason, which is very unusual, very, I mean, that's great. Usually, Tulsa, usually, we get to yeah, right? give you the Grammy things. <laughs> uh, usually when the Grammy Museum would curate an exhibit, it would either open in Los Angeles mm -hmm. or in the Grammy Museum, Mississippi. As they were working on this one, the timeline just coincided with the centennial of the race massacre mm -hmm. in a way that it was it was a natural fit for it to okay. debut with okay. us at that time to be complementary to the things that were going on at Greenwood while still allowing us to share to share the broader picture of how music is a powerful influence for change mm -hmm. while still allowing us to send guests down to Greenwood to hear the stories, hear the history, see everything that has been done, see the things that were destroyed and the the stories from the community itself as a way of commemorating those horrific events. Mm -hmm. So this actually, this exhibit is a remake of the very first exhibit that Bob Santelli, the founding executive director at the Grammy Museum, did when the Grammy Museum opened. After the unrest of 2020, not including the COVID shutdown, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the unrest <laughs> and all of the, all of the protests that were going on, which had, all of them had music components. The protests mm -hmm. that were mm -hmm. advocating mm -hmm. for positive change mm -hmm. always have music. He was asked to reimagine the exhibit 
and to add more contemporary, more timely pieces, which this, this exhibit does through the Black Lives Matter, our inclusion of the Black Wall Street story and our Fire in Little Africa project to commemorate that through music. So this exhibit, and, you know, of course, Woody fits so nicely within mm-hmm, this space certainly. and his work for workers' rights, for civil rights, for equity in our society. It was just a, a natural fit for us. And we're just, I mean, the amount of items is just stunning. And we had to be very, very cautious and selective in how we were displaying things in cases, making sure that we were utilizing every single inch of space so that it didn't seem overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but so that it told this really big story in a small space. Yes. And and it really does. It really does. So I want to dip into a few pieces of that story. I got a chance to walk through last week I learned a lot and I had some surprises. And I want to walk over to one of the, where one of those surprises was, and that's I did not expect to see the name Frank Sinatra <laughs> in a Songs of Conscience, Songs of, 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 of Freedom. I think Sinatra, I think My Way, or I think about a bunch of crooner songs. But mm-hmm. why is Frank Sinatra here? Well, you know, Frank Sinatra's living was living in an area in New York where he was seeing a lot and hearing a lot of anti-Semitic viewpoints during World War II. Mm-hmm. And he he did this film, a little short 10-minute film, The House I Live In, where he's talking to kids mm-hmm. about would you like to be treated that way? We're all Americans. It doesn't matter, you know, our backgrounds. We're all mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know it's a surprising thing if people don't know Frank Sinatra's background and realize that he produced this. And, uh, but it, it is, it's, it's a lovely piece. And it, this actually doesn't have headphones. So when you were here, right. it's just blaring out into the room, right. which right. is a little stun. It, it's startling at first whenever you hear the bombs dropping as uh-huh. an explanation of what's going on in the world. But um, it's an important message. We are all the same. We are all people. And what we do can lift each other up or it can destroy everything that we have. Mm-hmm. What is America to me? A name, a map, or a flag I see A certain word, democracy What is America to me? A house I live in, a plot of earth yeah, it's a it's a great anthem for interfaith relations. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, uh, since it's mostly a Jewish Christian, it's it is amazing. Whenever you really start researching some of these artists, how many were actually involved in the civil rights movement of the '60s mm-hmm. that we may not easily recall, mm-hmm. but they were there. Including um, some who might have been now made iconographic by the right in some ways more than the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they forget, forget what they actually it stood is for. It is interesting. Well, and that's uh, speaking of civil rights movement, our friend Bob Santelli, in an interview with Harry Belafonte at one point, asked 
Mr. Belafonte, if, if music, if you hadn't had music during the uh-huh. civil rights movement, uh-huh. would, it at, would it have been as successful as it was? And he absolutely positively said, no way, uh-huh. not a chance. He said, uh-huh. there would have been change. It would have been eventual. But this gave us a common message that people couldn't get upset by. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. other, uh-huh. the common message in these songs was equality and freedom. Uh-huh. How can you uh-huh. argue Shared for that? Humanity. And so many of them are based on either religious songs or using the melodies of those religious songs. Uh-huh. So then you've got that battle of if somebody wants to be aggressive about them, how do they feel about coming up against this little light of mine? Exactly. You know? exactly. exactly. Uh, music is such a strong motivator. And we, we see that in this exhibit as it's displayed from the American Revolution through civil rights movement, anti-apartheid movement, and then Black Lives Matter. Yep. Yep. And in fact, we've, we've walked from the post-World War II wall to something much more contemporary from just a few months ago, because one of the other surprises for me was seeing a black woman country artist, yeah. Mickey Guyton, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, her song, Black Like Me. Uh, what a powerful song. And I didn't, I don't follow country music very mm-hmm. much. I mean, I like some, I, I, I like it. I love this, the stories it tells. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when I see a country artist, I see a white guy or a white woman. Right. And, and so... And it's time some, for that to change. That's right. It's time tell for us, that Tell to us change. a little bit about Mickey. As you mentioned, we've got Mickey Guyton's dress that she wore when she performed Black Like Me at the Grammys. And then we have a kiosk that has a variety of artists, including Mickey, singing Black Like Me. In addition to Mickey, we've got a song from Little Baby, uh, Gary Clark Jr., and Kendrick Lamar. So it's across genres of music. It's not the music that matters. It's not the beat. It's not the rhythm. It's not the melody. It's the words. And I will, and I'll just tell you, I, when I come in here more often than not, if, if I just need to hear some music in the space, mm-hmm. perhaps because I'm tired of hearing the Liberty mm-hmm. song over mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. I, that's Black Like Me is the one that I, always select because it feels like the right message wow. in this neighborhood, in this space, at this time. Yeah. Little kid in a small town I did my best just to fit in Broke my heart on the playground mm. When they said I was different Oh, now Now I'm all grown up and nothing has changed Yeah, it's still the same It's a hard life On easy street Just white painted picket fences far as And, and it brings a tear, and it's just, it's so powerful. Mickey Guyton's one of your favorite places to come mm-hmm. while in here. 
in putting this together and laying it out, what, what, what were a couple of places where you learned something that you didn't know? Um, okay, so beside the kiosk, between the kiosk of artists singing uh, songs about Black Lives Matter and the kiosk of folks performing songs giving equity to the LGBTQ plus community. There is an amazing guitar and handwritten lyrics from her where she wrote, I can't breathe after the George Floyd incident. Right. And for people who don't know, that's H period, E period, R period, yes, her. her. Mm -hmm. And this guitar, it's such a small instrument. And she wrote such a huge song on it. It stuns me. Because yeah. as I look at this little guitar... It is. And this guitar I'm looking at is smaller than I think small. anything else yeah. I see in the room. It is. It is. It just... It stuns me. It impresses me. And the strength that it takes for artists to take a stand, especially um, Mickey Guyton, a, a country music performer, country music consumers are generally... Uh, quite conservative, but for her to take the stand and, and just, and put it out there, mm -hmm. it takes such courage to understand that you have, you do have a responsibility when you have a, a large platform to educate. Mm -hmm. And that's a Woody, you know, I, I'm, I'm really good at pulling Woody quotes out of my backpack, but Woody, Woody often said, I'm an educator, not any entertainer. Huh. So huh. whenever huh. our contemporary musicians like a Chuck D or a Tom Morello sing or say something on social media and people tell them to just, just shut up and sing the song, you're just an entertainer. And it's like, no, they're not. That's huh. not what the huh. arts huh. are about at all. The arts are there to make us, make us feel deeper and think more more broadly mm -hmm. and understand things in a different way they're there to touch our hearts and to educate us mm -hmm. not to be court jesters and make us right just smile background music the world, part of the ambiance yeah, yeah it's not about it's not all about smiling sometimes it's about being frustrated and needing to share that frustration with other people or or feeling like I see something wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. again, Woody, a folk song is what's wrong and how to fix it. That's what all songs are. Mm -hmm. You know, what's wrong? How do you fix it? Well, and one of the things I want to point out for, for listeners uh, and encouragement, to, if, if you can, to come down and see this, is there's so many, dozens, I would say, handwritten lyrics done by the artists that are in this room, often alongside, like in her, alongside the guitar, alongside a description and then seeing these handwritten lyrics it's it's great putting that song in its and and the artist mm -hmm. in in a in a larger context and as people walk around the various woody exhibits all kinds of places where he doodled yeah <laughs> it makes them real i yeah, mean very much. we're we're used to seeing artists on a stage which that's that's not who they are as people. Right. It surprises so many people whenever it becomes apparent to them that their favorite artist very well is likely to be a very introverted personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, there's a different persona on stage right. than right. there is when you're at 
at your home or in your studio and you're in your head writing. Right. Um, otherwise, they couldn't write. Right. Um, Correct. They would have no inner yeah, life to be would, able to They, they wouldn't extrovert. be able to spend time yeah. with themselves. Yeah. There was a kiosk over here that, had a, that was a, a, a new name on it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Liberation Jazz. Ah. And it's got about seven different album covers on it. Uh, what, what's Liberation Jazz? Ah, well, in the 50s, of course, the jazz artists also understood that they had a responsibility to speak up for equity and social justice. And again, this this message isn't specific to to folk music or country music or any musical genre. It's the humanist perspective of understanding that my art can speak to the masses and jazz was doing that in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So this this little display shows liberation jazz artists from 1958 through 2020 who used their platform to speak for those who needed their voices. So I really I really appreciate that this this took some creativity to find mm-hmm. a space for it and mm-hmm. but this was the exact right space it's it's a large display so that we can give these artists their due due credit mm-hmm. and um yeah i i think that i think that we mistake activism as being just one type of music right. it's right. not it doesn't all have to be peter paul and mary or you know civil rights movement era it's beyond that. Oh, absolutely. Right. And then that's uh, was one of the cool things about this exhibit is going from the Revolutionary War songs, yes. oftentimes based on drinking melodies. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, what else would you do? Right. It's, you either base your new song on a, a pub melody or a religious melody. Right. Because everybody knows those. Right. So, right. Right. And this is, this is an Arlo story about, you know, the fact that Woody borrowed traditional melodies and put his words to them. And Arlo said, you know, my dad thought that if people already knew the melody to your new song, that when you sang it, if you wanted them to sing along from the beginning, they could at least hum Mm -hmm. and then they wouldn't learn Mm -hmm. the words, Mm -hmm. but it it touches it for us because it feels familiar. Right. Right. Um, It's, I mean, music is why when we're memorizing things, whether it's the alphabet or, books of the Bible or whatever it is we're memorizing when we're little, that mm-hmm. we do it through song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because we, that it, it ingrains itself. These songs of conscience are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're becoming part of your psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to share, I'm going to tell you too, that one of the, one of the areas that always strikes me is the, the interview with Andre Day about strange fruit. Um, of course, Andre Day played Billie Holiday in the recent movie, ah, which was uh-huh. stunning. Um, but it is so impactful listening, listening to Andre talk about the fact that it, it disturbs her and kind of haunts her that people will applaud and call Strange Fruit beautiful. Mm. Um, and mm. she, she says, it's not a beautiful song. Mm. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. It's horrible and recites some of the words. And it was meant to horrify. It was meant to shock mm-hmm. so that people would do something about it. You know, you're talking about bodies hanging as strange fruit. Right, right. And, you know, it, she, Billie Holiday was using her platform 
to share the stories and the plight of her people in a way that put her on the FBI's target list. I mean, almost all of these, if you look at it until you get, probably until you get into more contemporary times, but through the 60s, all of these artists that were activists from the 30s through the the late 60s were on the FBI target list. Yes. I mean, Woody, Pete, Peter, Paul, and Mary, all of them. Right. um, Because they were questioning the status quo. You know, maybe we can be better than this. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, I think we can be. <laughs> the, the Billie Holiday album is in the same kind of uh, uh, corner area as the photo of Marian Anderson uh, 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 singing uh, at the uh, uh, Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, Dina, you had said to me earlier uh, that uh, uh, there was a particular one of the, one of the uh, parts of the exhibit here was a really, really important one to you that, that, oh. that has centered in it this poster that says, War is over if you want it. Love and peace from John and Yoko. Ah. Tell, tell us some about what's in this oh, but we display also, case. Yeah, we have the handwritten lyrics to Give Peace a Chance. Mm-hmm. Some of them. There were a lot of there were a lot of words in Give Peace a Chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, as, that's a simple piece, but it speaks so loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite pieces. Um, and of course, you know, this, this case also has things from Phil Oaks. We have Phil's collection as well as Woody's. This in particular, honestly, this, uh, album cover, uh, rehearsals for retirement was, this album was recorded shortly after the 1968 Den- Democratic Convention in Chicago, mm-hmm. where Phil was part of the protests and saw and, experienced the violence at the hands of the police and National Guard on peaceful protesters. So Phil had an actual tombstone created for himself with his photo on it that has since faded. It is an actual tombstone. Oh, yes, it is. It is definitely three or four (laughs) inches of granite about... Uh, about two and a half, three feet high and mm-hmm. uh, a good foot across. Yep. Yeah. And that's on the cover of Rehearsals for Retirement, but it also notes Phil's date of birth and has his date of death as 1968 in Chicago, mm. because according to him, he felt like a piece of himself as an American had died whenever he saw mm. what was mm. being done. In the state of Mississippi, many years ago, a boy of 14 years got a taste of Southern law. 
He saw his friend a hanging, his color was his crime, and the blood upon his jacket put a brand upon his mind. Too many martyrs and too many deaths, too many lies, too many empty words were said, too many times for too many angry men. Oh, let it never be again. Um, so. Which is, it's, it's horrifying to read that, but Phil understood his, his responsibility as, as a, an artist activist, and we want to make sure that others understand who he was and, and that he's not lost in the annals of history. Right, um, right. As well as this case also has things from Odetta. You know, this is basically the 1950s and 1960s right. activism case. Right. Peter, um, Paul, and Mary, um, Nina, Nina Simone, Simone yes. Tom Paxson, and yes. James Brown. Yes. A- Little Stevie Van Zant, who's in the E Street Band, also was uh, an actor in The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. But Stephen had his own project going in the 70s, um, an anti-apartheid movement with Sun City. Hmm. And a variety of other songs on protests. He was, he's an incredible artist activist. And, um, we wanted to make sure we gave Stephen a nod in here as well as mm-hmm. Tom Morello and mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, these are the folks who, who put so many things into the public forum mm-hmm. that otherwise mm-hmm. we might just skim over in, in mm-hmm. the newspaper mm-hmm. or online, and they're calling it out and speaking their truth to power, and that's that's what that's what an activist does. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is. Uh, I'm looking at Stevie Van Stephen Van Zandt's guitar. Is that his guitar yes. here? Yeah, it is. How would you describe that shape? <laughs> I do not know. I don't know what it's, it is. It looks it's, sort of like it uh, out of a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah, uh, se- I think it's se- melted. Semi-melted. Even the um, even the headstock right. has that strange right. form. Right, and kind of an animal print on it, yeah. but not a animal print colors you'd ever see. It's yeah. it's quite it's quite the machine. It is. It's quite the machine. <laughs> love love that display. Yeah. Um, as we're coming to a close here, there was a couple of places I wanted to visit before we do. Um, one is is as we in committing faith in public, you know, sometimes talk about public theology, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of public theology in this room, mm-hmm. uh, doing doing theological work in public, uh, making a claim about what's right and what's wrong and how to correct what's wrong with with something better. And one of the songs here is Bob Dylan's "With God on Our on Your Side." It was written in 1963, uh, or at least that's the the magazine mm-hmm. cover here was from '63. It does say it's, uh, on the little card here that it was from 1963. Um, if I have it right, he was raised in Mankato, Minnesota, uh, so he understood himself as a Midwesterner, upper Midwesterner, uh, and this was a song that uh, took takes on the, uh, what today we would call Christian nationalist perspective, mm-hmm. um, that is, in fact has been pretty prominent in U.S. history. Uh, whenever we fight a conflict, uh, God's on our side. Of course he is. Uh, and, and it's always he. Yes, mm-hmm. it's always it. God is, uh, is the he on our side. Uh, as Lincoln pointed out during the Civil War, well, when you have brothers and sisters fighting against each other, both claiming God on their side, uh, praying to the same God, prayers in either one, 
heard quite the same way and that the Almighty has his own purposes. Uh, Dylan was a little more on the Almighty has his own purposes side. And, and uh, what, what's the conclusion of this song? Um, if God's on our side, he'll stop the next, next war. war. Um, yeah, I mean, basically the whole song is different conflicts and that side saying, well, we did it because God's on our side. God, mm-hmm. told, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know about anybody else, but whenever I hear uh, an elected official saying that God told him to run for office, I'm immediately a little bit concerned mm-hmm. because it's like, really? Yeah. That's you. You may have an over exaggerated sense itself, perhaps. Right. Right. Um, and 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 even if I even if I can go with God called you, I, then, <laughs> then I want to know. Tell me about the God who called you. Yes. And, and what's her name? <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> what does she call herself? Yeah. <laughs> what, because, is, what is she asking yeah, you to do? The goddess is not encouraging the 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 wars. I don't. Absolutely. Know, <laughs> um, going from the '60s now to contemporary times, yes. one of the other songs that was an, an artist, in fact, that. New to me, but won't be the last time I try to listen to her. Shamikia Copeland, who wrote this beautiful song called Uncivil War. I will tell um, you, this, this record, without a doubt, it's, it, is, it, is, it has to win a Grammy this year. The yeah. entire record is incredible. The whole the, the album disc, whatever we yes. call them these days, exactly. Um, just a few words that she has in this song. Uh, and and while while I agree with Dina about the the power of the words, it also the 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 the, the music really mm-hmm. uh, helps enliven those words and help them you know oftentimes helps those words make their way into nooks and crannies and cracks and all that just the words themselves mm-hmm. wouldn't get there. But the words of what I have this this song is on uh, there's a video on YouTube. I mean, you mm-hmm. listen to it on Spotify. Nobody's backing down. Some won't even talk. The table's empty. We all took a walk. He says left and she says right. One says peace. The other says fight. One hand's a palm. The other's a fist. Another chance for love just got missed. Uncivil war. Uncivil war. How long must we fight this uncivil war? Same old wounds we opened before. Nobody wins in uncivil war. The lines are drawn. Talking tough, you curse me out, and I curse back. Everything we love is under attack. The spirits are back. It rags blue. Yeah, I mean, and uh, when I look at these lyrics, and like you said, the the melody ingrains itself in a space in your in your psyche. I mean, just. Seeing the the first line, uncivil war, uncivil war, I'm I mm-hmm. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. It mm-hmm. is it is the the melody is the perfect match for those words. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it works. 
It works. Yeah, and there was one on the other side yes. too that you so had mentioned with, to me earlier. With any of our exhibits that are curated from the Grammy Museum, we want to make sure that we add a local touch to it, mm-hmm. um, and definitely wanted to have a voice from our native community. So I had I asked Samantha Crane, uh, who's a singer songwriter in Oklahoma City area. Um, and a Choctaw, if -hmm. she would send some of her handwritten lyrics. So she sent her lyrics to Killer, and then When We Remain, which she Mm. recorded in Choctaw. And it's um, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And what are some of the, would you read us uh, the English translation? Uh, In English, she sings, When we remain, we will not be like the beautiful bones of a forgotten city. When we remain, we will be the flowers and the trees and the vines that overcome the forgotten city. We have woven ourselves into the cloth of the earth. We have mixed our breath into the expanding sky. Um, and then, you know, we've got the Ballad of the Million Men. We've got the Ballad of George Floyd, um, Cinnamon Values, Poisonous Minds. I mean, they're... These are all handwritten. Yes. And, and they the are artists. incredibly meaningful mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we wanted to make sure, again, that we included our local artists and um, you, uh, called attention to the Race Massacre Centennial through our Fire and Mole Africa project. So we've got a section that gives some history of Black Wall Street mm-hmm. and also provides information about the Fire and Mole Africa hip hop project that we did. Dina, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, the exhibit's open, what, until October 11th? Yes. Uh, and uh, admission to Woody Guthrie Center is about $10, $12, yeah, $12 something like that. We have discounts. Yeah. Teachers are always free. Kids Yay. under 17 and under are always free. Memberships are good. I just took yeah. one out. Thank you. Uh, Memberships are great. And this is just the, the whole place is just a, a, a full of inspiration. Uh, and uh, this exhibit in particular, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I think you've said this is maybe the most important thing. No, maybe at all. We've had, uh, we've had great exhibits in, when we've had, we've had exhibits that um, people came in to see the John Denver exhibit and they cried. Mm. We all love John Denver. The Beatles exhibit and the Supreme, Supreme's exhibit, Chris Christopherson. This mm-hmm. incredible exhibitions. This is the most important one we've ever had because yeah. it connects the people to the art in a way that is meaningful and powerful and shows exactly what can happen when you have a positive message and you just join together in harmony with the people around you. Mm -hmm. 
how can how can people fight against that? Yep. It's, we'll it's say amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. Thank you. Of course, thank right. you. With God on its side. The Spanish American war had its day, and the Civil War too was soon laid away, and the names of the heroes eyes made to memorize. With guns in their hands and God on their side.